Hey friends, Harrison here, and I cannot believe it's been a few years since we started this podcast. One of the things that we get asked about a ton is what training plan should I follow? And so we've decided to develop our own and get it into an app that you can download. So if you're looking for a plan that's interactive, that you can not only see which miles to run, but which strength exercises to do and watch videos and be able to have a checklist system that will literally walk you through the plan and help you keep track of your progress, we've got you covered. Go ahead and click on the link in the description to get started. You're going to have a seven-day free trial. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think, and good luck. Have fun out there, guys. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? It's an exciting day. Well. Exciting couple of days before New York City. Uh, the race is officially two days from now, from the time of this recording. Um, super excited. And uh, what I thought I'd do today is just share a little bit of a recap from my Ironman 70.3, Tempe, Arizona. I put it out on Instagram, just some pictures, and, and had a couple of people that asked to hear more about it. So I'm going to share more about that experience and then... Um, Hopefully soon after New York City, I can share some of that too. So I'm going to make this super quick, but what I wanted to do is share a few of the things that I learned from my very first Ironman experience. Um, So 70.3, but it was actually 69.1 because they canceled the swim. So I'll talk about that here in a second. But before I do, I I just want to tell a quick story. This is a kind of a big development in our family. Um, And the reason I tell this story is because it, restores faith in humanity for me. So I think, you know, uh, this might have an impact on some people. So long story short, we went to my son's um, soccer game this past weekend. And we had just bought Mo a brand new wedding ring. And the idea was that when we first got married, you know, we were in our early, early 20s, we were both 22, and didn't have a lot of money. And so the promise that I made to Mo was, look, I will get you a really good ring someday. 
you know, when we can afford it. But right now we're both broke. We're students. I didn't want to take out a massive loan to go get her a ring. So anyways, um, we just got her a, a really nice 10 year anniversary wedding ring. Well, we were at Calvin's game and we somehow lost her ring. You know, she looked down at her finger. It wasn't there. Um, we found out that the wedding band was found by one of our friends. So we're like, okay, great. It's probably somewhere out on the field. So we went and got a wedding uh, wedding detector, metal detector. And we're looking all over the place. And we end up, you know, a couple nights later, we're, you know, we put the word out to everybody. And one of her friends, one of most friends goes, hey, uh, try a black light. You know, the diamonds are supposed to light up if you're using a black light. So we go out to the field, we're shining the black light, nothing. So, you know, in our minds, okay. Let's start figuring out how we can either get the ring back or get her a new ring. But, you know, she was she was de- devastated. I mean, just completely devastated that she'd just lost this brand new ring. And um, so we put the word out to the league, to all the parents. And sure enough, one of the parents uh, came forward and said, hey, I think we found your ring. It was right after the game. Our son had found it on the field and um, brought it to me. So, But we didn't know who to reach out to. So Mo went out there. And she went to to get the ring and tried to offer a reward, but they wouldn't take it. And it was just really a heartwarming experience and a humbling experience to see that there are so many good people in this world that rather than pocket the ring, go pawn it off or, you know, accept a reward. There are so many people who uh, just want to do good. And I've got to hand it to our best friends and family. I mean, they were out there on the field with us looking, and that was a really... A heartwarming experience even though we asked them not to come out you know we had it taken care of we had it handled they were there and you know it's moments like these where you get to see who truly loves and cares about you and your well-being uh you know when something is so important to you it's so important to them and not only that the business that we bought the ring from offered us if we needed to get a new one 50 percent off so i'm going to put their i'm going to tag them here because i think that's just such a kind act um, and so I wanted to tell you guys this story because one, it was such a huge thing in our lives for this past week, dealing with kind of the emotional stress. And I know this is like totally a first world problem, but, um, you know, it, it's one of those moments that really grounds you and helps you see that there's so much good in humanity. And of course there are bad people out there, but the fact that someone would find her ring and return it to her is, um, just so, so awesome. Okay. That's my tangent. Let's get into the 70.3. All right, so they canceled the swim, which is why it was 69.1. I was, I had mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, I was super excited because I was like, hey, I don't really like doing the swim. I get nervous in open water. And I, actually, that that's the main driver for my nerves for that event because the second they took the swim away, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I was actually excited for the race. Um, and the reason they did that is because there was a rainstorm and the lake in Arizona, it's, it's the Tempe Town Lake, it's man-made and they have to test the water every so often. And if they test the water and it's not found sanitary, then of course you can't swim in it. Well, they didn't have enough time to test it because it had just rained the night before. So that was a huge bummer. They canceled the swim and they did the race anyways, but the bike was a rolling start. So every five seconds, a new cyclist would get started and it was just depending on your bib bib number. So I was bib 600 or something. And so I went 600 out of about 1200. So um, yeah, that was, 
that was an interesting start, an interesting way to do my first 70.3. And I was kind of bummed out, you know, that my very first 70.3, I wasn't going to actually get to say I did the whole thing. So my type A personality, I went to the gym and did the swim after the race uh, by myself in the pool just to kind of prove to myself that physically I can handle the load of all of that. So um, overall, what I want to say about cycling for the triathlon is it was just fun. I mean, I was smiling, I was excited, I was giving it my best and really just waiting for that moment that my legs were going to give in and they never did. And I think that's in part uh, due to, you know, a lot of the long training rides that I did. I did rides that were four hours long, that were longer than the distance of the 70.3. And I know I've talked about this in a prior podcast when I did an episode on, you know, what what is a half Ironman? How do you train for one and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to go back and listen to that, but um, so, you know, 56 miles on the bike, it's a long time. I mean, it took, it took me three hours and six minutes. I was going 18 miles per hour. Um, and, but I think the other reason why I was able to make it through feeling pretty good is I paced myself. You know, there wasn't a single moment where I was just going all out hundred percent because I knew that that would, that would hurt me on the run where I really excel. So Overall, I didn't do great on the on the bike. I um, I think I finished somewhere around seven hundredth or eight hundredth out of twelve hundred, um, on the on the bike. But then on the run, I um, I finished one hundred ninetieth out of twelve hundred. So definitely, I have some work to do on the bike. I know my running is getting better and I'm getting stronger and faster, but my cycling is is something that I just have to start working on. So. I'll keep you guys updated on that as uh, maybe I get a new bike or figure out ways to to get faster. Um, I did a road bike, not a triathlon bike, so definitely there was a disadvantage there. Um, but a couple of tips on the bike, because if, if you're listening to this and you're trying to you know find a couple of things that you can do, um, number one, I had my bike tuned up about two weeks before the race. I didn't really know that that was a thing, but went into the bike shop and just, just double-checked, and they're like, yeah, you really should do your annual tune-up. We'll make sure everything's lubed up, make sure the, uh, the, the chain is, is good to go. And so I went ahead and did that. Um, the other thing that I did that really helped me is I did some studying up on nutrition and, and I didn't dial it into an exact science, but somewhere I read, you need about three to 500 calories an hour on the bike. Um, very similar to, you know, running a marathon. And, and so what I did was, um, I made sure that I took in more fuel. This was kind of my my mantra was I'm going to take in more fuel than I think I need because worst case, I'm a little bit bloated or a little bit full in the stomach, but I'm not going to hit that wall that's going to prevent me from finishing or make my race really miserable. So here's a little breakdown of what I was taking on the on the bike. Right before we started cycling, so my plan was to take it an Uncrustable, you know, those peanut butter and jelly Uncrustable sandwiches, after the swim, kind of in transition before getting on the bike. Um, But because there was no swim, I just ate it right before, like as I was walking my bike up to the start line, uh, just ate an Uncrustable. It was the 320 calorie one, not the 200 calorie one. I know they make different sizes. Um, Plus I had a half banana during hour one on the course. Someone was handing them out. So I grabbed one, ate that. For hour two, I had three gels. These were Honey Stinger. That's the brand that I prefer. Um, and then hour three, I had a G2G bar or got to go bar. 
um, peanut butter and chocolate chip, I think is the flavor, but these are amazing by the way. If you've never, if you've never had them, look them up, G2G bar. Um, super great, all natural, not a lot of artificial flavors. In fact, no artificial flavors at all. It's super tasty. And I had been practicing with those, uh, on my long bike rides and they never gave me stomach issues. So I just figured I'd stick to the, stick to the plan. Um, and then I believe I had a half banana somewhere in that third hour on the course. Um, and then the other thing is they hand out the, the Gatorades and, and this was so interesting to me. They have full Gatorade bottles, but with the tops that from back in the day you used to, you know, have for sports or whatever that, that kind of have, you put your mouth on it and squeeze the, the bottle in it, you know, and you, and you drink it that way. So they were handing those out. I always felt kind of bad when I took one because it's this full bottle, but I couldn't drink it all because I couldn't just carry it on the bike the whole time. So I would drink about a quarter of it or a third of it and then, and then toss it. Um, and I did that probably three times on the course. So right there, I, I probably got another about 100 to 200 calories from the Gatorade plus electrolytes. And then I was sipping on water and uh, liquid IV that I had in the bottles on my bike. So overall, I probably got in about 350 to 400 calories an hour on the bike. And it really, really helped me. When I hit the run, I was strong. So I get into transition, I finish the bike, and I'm running my bike to my station, whereas a lot of people were just kind of walking. You could tell they were pretty tired from the bike. I actually felt a lot of energy. And and once again, I think it's due to really good fueling and long training on the bike. Um, So if you ever want to ask me any questions about what those training rides look like on the bike, you know, please feel free to do so. But, um, you know, hit us up on Instagram. But I'll say this, if you're getting into triathlons and you're worried about the bike, the best thing you can do is just spend time in the saddle. Obviously, just like marathons, work your way up to it. You want to make sure that you're not going from zero to, you know, three hours in one week. I mean, you want to just make sure that you're, you're building into it. All right. So I hit the run and I, my legs felt great. I, I looked down at my watch after about mile one and I was running about a 730 pace, which for me is really fast. There might be some people listening and that's, um, you know, not super impressive or, or maybe you're listening and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Um, but either way that for me, that's, that's a, a really fast pace. Um, and so I had to kind of convince myself to slow down or else I wouldn't be able to sustain it. I was getting a little out of breath. Um, but, but I just was full of adrenaline. And, you know, the other thing that really fueled me on the run was how many people I was passing. So on the bike, I was getting passed left and right, just people passing me all day long. But then on the run, those same people I was passing right back. And that was a really fun feeling of, hey, you know what? I'm not the best cyclist, but I am a runner first and, you know, I'm going to really shine in that area. And I feel like I did. Uh, a couple of things I learned on the run in uh, the, this triathlon was um, use ice cubes. Take those, take advantage of those. You know, they often have cups of ice cubes at the tri- at the um, aid stations. And you can grab that cup and kind of dump it down your tri-suit. Since it, it is so tightly fitting to your body, it will hold that ice kind of wherever you place it and keep your body nice and cool. So that was awesome. Some guy shared that with me. Uh, he was from Ireland and had been living in, in Arizona for a long time. But we were kind of talking and while we were running together for a little bit. And he told me, hey, put some ice down your, down your shirt. So that was a really great tip. Uh, Vaseline was a lifesaver. So one of the aid stations had a tub of Vaseline and you better believe I took advantage of that two times because it was a, a two lap course. 
and um, made sure I put that where I was on fire, uh, if you know what I mean. So um, take advantage of any of that kind of stuff at the aid stations that you see if you need it. Uh, don't be embarrassed. You know, there were there, <laughs> there was a time I had to put my hands down my pants and there was lots of ladies watching and I just said, you know, turn your heads. <laughs> so, uh, but it was all in good fun. They, uh, they were good sports about it. So uh, when, you know, when you're on the run, just know when you're pushing too hard. Uh, like I said, I was running that kind of fast pace, mile one and two. I had to artificially slow myself down just to make sure that I could sustain a good pace. Um, and then, you know, it comes back down to the fueling. If, if you try to run your, you know, the run portion, which is a half marathon without any fuel on the run, it, it could probably be problematic. So even though I took in a lot on the bike, I continued to take in fuel on the run. I had a whole Honey Stingers choose pack. Well, during the first hour, I had another uh, half banana and then kept doing taking Gatorade throughout. And then I would dump water on my head. It was getting a bit warm, but it wasn't it wasn't super hot. And I think that helped me tremendously because um, running in the heat is always a challenge for me, which, by the way, they say that New York City is going to be it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty warm this weekend. It's going to get like mid seventies, which I look at that and I say, well, shoot, I run in 90 degrees in Arizona, hundred degrees all the time, uh, during the summer, but it's been a few months. And, uh, also there's very little humidity in Arizona. So I guess we'll see. Uh, so long story short, I, I want to summarize by saying I trained really hard for this race. I was putting in six days a week, sometimes two sessions a day, the nice thing about triathlons is I never really got injured um, versus sometimes when I train really hard for a marathon, I, I tend to kind of hurt something or you know, have to slow myself down. Um, but with the triathlon, because you're switching it up constantly, the different disciplines, you know, you can, you can kind of push yourself a little bit longer. So for example, my Fridays would be a two hour run my Saturday would be a three and a half hour bike ride and followed by a 45 minute run. So right there in the course of two days, I was doing, you know, almost six hours of, of, you know, endurance work. And so that really paid off. So, so train hard, but obviously, you know, listen to your body. Don't push too hard to where you're going to get sick or get injured. Um, and then, you know, the fueling. Uh, so hopefully I detailed that out well enough for anybody who's considering a race like this, but, um, that, that made all the difference, making sure that I just, once again, mantra of taking more than I think I need. And uh, I'm so excited. I already uh, signed up for next year. And uh, my goal, my, my sole endurance sports goal for the next year is going to be training for this same race, but next year. I really want to crush it. I want to get to the swim, do an awesome swim, uh, crush my time. And now I feel like I have the confidence and have the experience to be able to go in and do that. Um, so cool. That's pretty much all I have today. I'm super excited for New York City. I will update you guys on on how that goes. Uh, I'm going to hit the airport here in about an hour and um, on my way out to New York. So I'll go to the expo and do that whole thing. So thanks guys for listening. Take care.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. B-R-E-K-K.